0: welcome to the in doubt podcast where we explore the challenging topics that young adults often face each week we talk with guests who help answer questions of faith life and culture connecting them to our daily experiences and god's word for more info on in doubt visit indoubt.ca or indoubt.com hey welcome to in doubt my name is isaac i'm one of the hosts at in doubt and i'm also pastor at north valley baptist church and mission bc with us today we have uh two people with us which is kind of unusual but it's awesome we have uh care baldwin she is a radio personality at chri radio station in uh ottawa so super grateful and thankful to have you with us today care
1: yeah thanks for having me
0: uh, also, someone that if you are a regular listener to In Doubt, you, you'll know Daniel. So Daniel's with us. He's another host of Indout, and he now works at Westside Church in Vancouver, uh, as formerly as associate minister, but he's helping out with just first impressions uh, in the church and also helping out with young adults. So yeah, it's great to have uh, you with us as well, Daniel.
2: Good to be here doing an episode with you, Isaac. It's not often that we get yeah. to do stuff. I feel like I hear your voice, you know, either on podcast or... <laughs> once every time we record one of these so this is uh i know a good moment (laughs)
0: it's good it's very good it's awesome um yeah so i mean as listeners you guys know about daniel so you guys are like oh yeah daniel's we've been there done that but care uh do you mind just sharing with us a little bit about who you are so that listeners actually get an idea of this voice that they are listening to
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I am the Afternoon Drive host uh, at CHRI Radio. We're in Ottawa, so Canada's capital. And actually, we uh, play In Doubt and Back to the Bible on our station. And uh, so it's really cool to have this kind of crossover time right now. Um, But yeah, I just really strive for encouraging listeners on their drive home after work and just keep things positive and informative and and light and happy and uh, really trying to just yeah encourage people to have a good positive outlook on on their day and on their life and just have that hope in Jesus and try to make that clear through the airwaves of what I do here. Uh, I am a new mom. I have an almost one-year-old and uh, my husband and I are our, uh, learning as we go. It's been a very strange season having a newborn during COVID because we expected things to look very differently. We expected to have a bit more of a tribe around us. Uh, so we've been doing great with, you know, our immediate family, but obviously there's still people that haven't even met him yet, which is just crazy. Uh, and I also lead worship at our local church.
0: Oh, that's awesome. And what like what's your abridged version of your, you know, faith story? Like how, how did you n- know and meet Jesus?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't have a very dramatic testimony. I remember when I was actually younger, I used to kind of feel a little hard on myself, like man, I don't have one of those big, cool stories to tell. But then I realized, you know, that's not how God works necessarily. You know, we don't have to, we don't have to shock people with our stories. God works uh, individually in our own hearts, and uh, and our stories are worth telling. And uh, mine, honestly, um, it, it it was almost a slow build. I think our family, uh, my parents specifically, were at a, a huge conference, like a business rally, and they did an altar call, and it was so cliche. You know, they went forward for the altar call, and then they came home after. The conference, and they're like, "Guess what? We're followers of Jesus. We're born again." And we're like, "What does that mean?" And we were always very close with our parents, uh, even though um, you know we weren't, we didn't grow up in the church. I think my parents just had you know good family values when they were raised, and they they instilled those in our in our life, and so. It didn't seem all that crazy, I guess, for us to, to feel like, all right, as a family, we're gonna start looking for a church. So we did, we, we started hunting, you know, this conference they'd said, you know, the first thing you need to do is get a Bible and find a Bible teaching church. And so we church shopped for what felt like a year. And um, that's a whole other story. But when we eventually found one that felt like home, uh, I very quickly started becoming part of the worship ministry. And I grew up uh, following my dad, Uh, who has a background in film and television production and in music. And I had a love of music and for performing and for theater, which I'm still very involved in, in our community. Uh, But I think at the time I wanted to get involved in worship ministry because it would give me a chance to sing and to perform. And that was what my, my attitude, my perspective was at the time. And I'm so thankful to have had worship leaders then uh, that really uh, allowed me to participate, but also really discipled me through it. And I very quickly learned that um, that my gifts and my my singing was actually an offering. It was a gift that God had given me and that I, I was to actually use it as an offering back to him. And so my faith actually grew through being able to sing and understanding what worship really is. And so, um, you know, fast forward probably a year or two and our family all got baptized together and this was around early high school for me. So you, some, some might say I'm a, I'm a new Christian because a lot of people actually were born, you know, going to church, but for me it was a high school age.
0: Yeah. No, that's awesome yeah thanks for sharing that care that's so good yeah so as we have this discussion here just for listeners to know like this is a definitely like just a roundtable conversation that and you just get to kind of listen in um, and obviously we would love to hear your feedback too uh, online and things like that but yeah this is definitely just a, a roundtable conversation with different views and you know obviously encouraging one another as well in terms of just various things that are going on in our world today so uh, there's sort of two kind of uh maybe conversations conversations. conversations, which um, maybe there are some overlap as well. But one of the things that we want to hit on um, is just the reality of the world that we live in right now. And it's the one thing kind of that bridges every continent, country, people together right now. And that is the reality of this uh, COVID-19 of this pandemic. But we also we don't really want to talk about that because i'm sure that none of us are you know scientists or anything like that but we are all uh ministers uh we are all priests um and we're all specifically in ministry Karen in in radio christian radio ministry and daniel and i in local church ministry but care also local church ministry working with your music ministry so uh with that perspective as well so and just to kind of lay it on the table i think it's important also uh that as you listen and even between us three there might be some different views and that's okay Um, I think one of the biggest things right now that COVID-19 is doing, and we can maybe just start with this, the idea, and not just the idea, but the reality of disunity and unity in the church because of COVID-19. And I just, you know, at least my heart is that I don't want um, anything in regards to COVID-19 and the church to, you know, conjure up disunity for the sake of it. For the sake of personal rights and freedoms or anything like that so maybe we can start there what is your guys's perspective on COVID 19 in the church not necessarily producing but causing um ideas of you know two sides and and disunity and unity things like that how about we start there
1: i mean you kind of already alluded to it everyone's got a different opinion uh, and i think every church is going to be different and i think the question is you know, or should i say there's two sides of it right there's this disunity among churches Uh, You know, every church has their own rule. Some of them are really protesting this right to gather and what that looks like. But then I think the other side of it is within your individual congregation, you have some difference of opinions as well. I know our church has a like a task force that we've set up to help kind of discern what the next steps should be at each. Step along the way, and um, we were we were. Uh, I wish I could quote the, the person or uh, reference them, but we watched a, a little a little webinar, a little podcast that was basically saying, you know, you go through seasons, you go through storms, but this is really like an era, like with a look at it as a bigger, longer term pivot when it comes to the changes that we implement as a church. And so, I think naturally, people are going to have different opinions of that. Right now, what we're wrestling with is you know, we have these kind of small to medium sized home groups. And so we're encouraging people to to view online services in that context. Um, you know, so is there a point to rushing to meeting in person as a large group gathering? But then you have those people who are not connected to a small group. So you've almost ignored the, the sojourner, you've almost ignored the, you know, occasional visitor, attender, and you're only focusing on those regulars that are really plugged in and i don't know yes i think it's really important to 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 stick with them to engage them and to continue the discipleship there but at the cost of you know not being able to to bring in and to disciple the newer people i think that's where a lot of the challenge and the the divide happens is like where should we put our priorities do we do we do what we're doing to focus on we don't want to lose our existing members or is it like well yeah but what about people who I mean, we know there's more and more people right now who are looking for hope and God and answers. So, you know, are they getting reached the way that they should? So I think there's that kind of difference in divide as well.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, I, I it's, it's hard, you know, like, and I, I think that, you know, when we look at scripture too, we see. Uh, Paul's emphasis to, like, you know, he wants the church, I think about the church in Philippians 1, verse 27, like, I want you to strive, like, side by side uh, for for the faith. And, you know, he entreats, I, I don't know how to say their names, Euodia and Syntyche, to agree in the Lord. Like, there's this emphasis that he wants that that unity in the midst of this, uh, in the midst of it. And I, I just think it's important for just us as all church leaders and and for listeners as well that th- there's a lot of talk on you know your own you know, personal rights, your own personal freedoms. I don't like the feeling of a mask or I think we can all meet, it's all overblown, COVID's all overblown, all these various things that are being said. Um, and it's like, we can get kind of amped up in, in what we've read and what we've heard. And we just want to go and evangelize what we've read and what we've heard. Um, and we totally miss out that what really I think matters. Um, and we have, we have a specific, just as leaders in the church, we have a specific responsibility to, to lay that kind of down and really promote, um, a unity, um, so that we are striving side by side so that the UD, the Udias and syndicates in our churches, maybe it's even us, uh, agree you know, agree. And yeah, that means agreeing to disagree when it comes to maybe some practical realities, but agreeing on the fact that we need to uphold our unity at at all at all costs.
2: I was gonna say, I, I like your point about, care about the Sojourner, because one of the things I've really appreciate, appreciated about Westside being new on staff there is uh, we've just started opening up our building. We've just started having services. And, um, but what, one of the unique things is obviously you have all these different zones. So you're trying to be careful about how many people are entering the building. And one of the big reasons that Westside has been so careful about that is because um, we have lots of people who just wander down the street and who will walk in the building, right? And like, they're checking it out. Like it's not uncommon for someone to show up to church and say, hey, I'm not a Christian, but I mean, living in downtown Vancouver, they live in this glass box. They they live in their apartment. They work from home now because of COVID. They order skip the dishes to their house. Like, they are not getting out. They're not getting to know people. And so they are just so hungry for community. And it seems to me that as you look through the scriptures, um, you we gather as the church, yes, to... Um, to hear the word preached, to uh, partake of the sacraments, right? To, to spend time in communion, to spend time uh, seeing people get baptized and praying together. But a huge piece of, I think, what it means to be a human being even is spending time together in community. And I I think these, like, I mean, it's it's interesting if you get to like the brain chemistry and, and like solitary confinement is for a reason, a punishment. And so, for even the simplest reason of making sure people can be together again to have social interaction. I, I am a big advocate for the church being open and safe for being able to, um, for, for that reason that people can come and, and have relationship again.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and that's the thing. We are supposed to be, you know, a hospital for the sick, and we're supposed to be a place where people can come and gather, and where you know doors are always open. I remember visiting a small town, and they had this stunning church with like the stained glass windows and the beautiful big steps at the front, and the door was locked in like the middle of the day. And I'm thinking, okay, hold on a second. Isn't the church door supposed to always be open? But I think one of the things that people are are not necessarily thinking about as a church, or maybe if we can say it. Uh, some churches are maybe being a little bit selfish when it comes to what needs to be done to make changes to accommodate people. Right now, is like I mentioned before, there's that pivot that has to happen. We're in a new era. You know, things are going to look different. Um, you know, you're going to be uncomfortable doing things differently than you have before. But maybe, maybe your priorities and your mission as a church is it needs to change. Like maybe, maybe this is this is the time to actually readjust. Your entire mission as a church, you know, are we focused on the right thing? And and I think what we've seen a lot of, which is cool, is um, is some crossover in terms of churches in the city, or if you know, if you're in one region and you know that you know you this one church doesn't have a building, but this church maybe has really good small group ministry, or this church doesn't have the technology to do. Online services, but this, you know, you kind of figure out what you can do to help each other out and actually partner with other churches. Uh, which is again, you just got to remember that we're we're here for the city. We're here um, for the people in this area. And like Daniel was saying, when you're downtown in a city, then you know you have to keep in mind that there's got to be an access because this is this is the area that God's put you in. So I think it's it's an amazing opportunity to see more unity happen and build and grow among even churches in your region because we could see a lot of that crossover helping each other out there's probably going to be church doors that will close after this season but you know that doesn't mean people should be lost and left
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah that's good you know what? one thing thinking about uh just covid and christians in general is that um i don't know about you guys but I- i've seen like a lot of fear you know, and, and people specifically around the virus. And, and as I've thought about it, and I just like to get your guys' just input on this too, as I've thought about how, you know, myself as a, uh, you know, a Christian leader, um, to help to help others follow follow uh, Christ, is I, I've kind of thought about uh, this idea that we need to be, uh, when it comes to COVID-19 and, and the Christian life, we need to be fearless but not foolish. That's kind of the way that I've i thought about it, and you guys have probably already already uh, thought about this as well. And and what I mean by that is like you know fearless. In that um, if we're if we're so scared to you know enter a building because of of COVID or whatever, if we're scared to you know, go outside, um, I think that. I just don't think we need to have that fear. I mean, when we read something like Psalm 121, it's just so clear that, um, you know, God is watching over us. He's He's with us as we go. The sun shall not strike us by day nor the moon by night. Like, it's so clear that he's with us. Psalm 139, the the, the our days are are numbered. Like, it's not like, you know, by surprise, like God's going to turn around one day and then you're going to get smited by COVID and die. Like, it's, it's not, I don't think we should think of it that way. But at the same time, Uh, we need not be, you know, be foolish. I remember reading in a book recently, the end of, end of the gospel of Mark, there's that contested part of scripture that is in some later manuscripts, but not in the earliest manuscripts. And there it says something about, you know, Jesus, you know, encouraging the disciples saying, Hey, you're going to get bitten by like serpents and scorpions, but you're not going to die, you know, even though they're poisonous. Well, there's like, there is this group of Christians in some, you know, South American place that like did that on purpose. Like let's get bitten by like, and then a lot of them died. And I just think that's like, it's foolish, you know, it's, it's foolish. Um, so the way I thought about how to like balance the fearlessness and foolish is to focus on, on mission. So when your focus is on being a disciple, making disciples, then be as fearless as you want. Uh, but if ever, but don't be foolish. So, you know, just recently I was preaching through Luke and, um, Jesus you know, uh, heals the leper, and you guys know the story. And it's it's pretty crazy how it doesn't just say that he said a word and the leper was healed. He reached out and touched him. And I actually, when I was reading it, all I could think of it was COVID uh, in a sense. And I know there's you know obviously disunity there as well, but it's just amazing because leprosy was contagious. It was like actually contagious, um, and it was not just contagious, but it was you know ritually impure. So like Jesus was. Not, it wasn't just contagious it was actually ritually impure but he for the sake of mission for the sake of love for the sake of healing reached out and, and touched this this leper so we can ask was he being fearless in that moment or was he being foolish i don't know but the the way that i encouraged our church was just to say we cannot let the reality of the fear of covid be the end all be all barrier to what our mission is but at the same time we need to be not foolish i don't know what are, what are your guys thoughts on that
2: I I would say, Isaac, it's funny because our theology tells us that like, yeah, like you said, our days are numbered and the Lord, uh, is the one like in complete control of everything. So in one sense, like if we on a morbid level, get COVID and die, it was like, that was, you know, all part of the plan in a sense, right? There's this, um, like if that's how the Lord chooses to take, to take me, I guess that's, you know, like blessed be his name. Right. I'm kind of I'm I'm more of the opinion that that we should be careful, we should be caring for those who are vulnerable. Like that's a big thing. But in the end, we have no control. Like you have no more control if you get like if people are terrified about getting COVID, well, look at the statistics about car accidents, right? And driving in your vehicle. Um so I guess I'm just more of the like we the the Lord guides our steps, like our times are in his hands, as it talks about in the Psalms. And and so let's just live our lives and, and let the Lord lead and guide us as best we can.
1: Yeah. And I think too, like, it's just important for us to just have grace and have grace for ourselves and for others, because we are all going to deal with things differently. Um, you know, I think we have to obviously set an example of finding God's purpose in everything. And I think people, you know, just knowing that how we respond is showing something, is speaking something to those who are are watching us. And I think that's important. Um, and I think you're right. I think there is that kind of line between being careless and being, being you know, um, just trusting God. And I think, uh, like Daniel said, you know, we have to consider the vulnerable and consider those who are, um, you know, where the needs are. So obviously, I think as believers, it's our responsibility to, like Jesus did, care for the sick and the vulnerable. And um, But then again, um, just have grace because, you know, we're the last people. Then that should be uh, judging or, or treating people differently or having really strong opinions on how one person is acting or reacting versus another because everybody is going to deal with it differently. You know, and we talked about in the church, and we, we're, we're trying to figure out if we need kids ministry when we gather again, because there's a lot of rules. Like, is there a point to opening church if we can't have kids men? But, you know, some families are not even going to want to bring their kids into church and we can't, we can't just give them a hard time for it. You know, we can't, oh, well, no, you have to, you know, gathering is important. Okay. Yeah, it is. But when they're ready, you know?
2: Yeah. So would you guys make, this will be interesting to talk about the there's two perspectives one perspective is hey we're not going to engage at all the other one is you have the the kind of the main one of the news right now is john MacArthur's church and they are straight up they're meeting and almost kind of like experiencing persecution from the state of california like one of their parking lots has just kind of been revoked like they had a, a something like a lease on it for a number of years and the city has been like nope so they're starting to experience persecution but Um, what are your thoughts on that? Like, I don't, I don't know how well you guys have looked into his church meeting, but it seems to me that you could make the argument that, uh, he has definitely biblical grounds to do it. And as he made the argument, legal grounds to meet again, this is in the United States, but at the same time, you can make the argument that philosophically ministry wise, maybe he probably shouldn't be meeting. What are your guys thoughts on that whole situation?
1: Yeah. I mean, I definitely, I've heard, especially working in radio, we've heard a lot of um, different reactions and responses to, you know, you know, oh, you know, it's really good for us to follow the leadership that has been placed upon our city and our region. And, and you know, as as Christians, we should set the example and all this stuff. And so I think, you know, there's definitely going to be some division amongst believers when it comes to you know, following the law versus the Lord. Um, But I think some of it is also just common sense. I mean, you want to protect your people. I I don't think any church leader, again, forgive me, because some church leaders are doing this, but I don't think any church leader is going to want to say, oh, but this is what we have to do, and then find out that half their congregation gets sick and dies. You know, it's like, how would you feel then? That's, That's just my opinion on the matter. I think I would rather err on the side of caution and make sure that, we're doing other things to make the gospel accessible to people versus push this because the law can't tell us to do, you know, whatever. Yeah. Is it worth the fight? You know?
0: Right. Yeah, totally. And it, it's a hard one for sure. Like, and I, I remember reading a little bit about it, uh, Daniel and Kara, just like how, um, John was, John MacArthur was giving some reasons why they couldn't. Cause I think some other pastors were saying, why don't you just do it? Like we're doing outside. Um, because there's nothing in scripture that says you have to meet indoors mm-hmm. for worship. You right. can meet outside, you know, and, and they gave their reasons why. And I don't remember all of them, but I remember like a couple was like, one was like, um, it, it was, we, we can't facilitate that with the tents and the six, you know, uh, feet distance and, and all these things. So they were giving these reasons for why they couldn't do it. And I don't know. I mean, I it's it's hard for me to consider this. I, I do think you're kind of right care. you know you are right, just how sense of like, John and and the elders there do need to be, uh, you know, caring for the, the vulnerable in their in their midst, because the reality is, is that this persecution is not a non virus reality, there actually is a virus out there. And I think we have to remember that too. So this is not just like, you know, they're getting persecuted because they're Christians, or they're singing, you know, songs about Jesus, this is because there's a virus and they're going against that. So yeah, I don't know, and I mean this. It makes me think of you know the the church that they have. They're like we are not able to facilitate all the people under tents outside. Well, how many elders does you know Grace Community Church have, and and what's the feasibility of just having them meet in different homes and 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 things like that? Because that's totally a, a reasonable a reasonable option, at least in 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 my eyes. And. And that just might be me with thinking about bigger bigger churches and just the the particular struggles that they have as well so they have thousands of people it's like and now they see it as a necessity then to we can't have a church service unless all of those thousands are here in in one room well I, i don't know i just i think that when we look back at least even in acts we don't see these you know we see thousands coming to the faith but we also see you know the church in their home Grace Community Church's building is not a home. It's just, it's a huge building,
2: right? So I don't know. It's it's different, but. Well, that's been one of the things that's been hard on me during COVID is the fact that some churches are choosing not to take communion together. And their reasoning is, well, the whole gathered body isn't around. Like we're not gathered together. So we're not going to be taking communion because the gathered body's not here present with one another. To which, I, like, to me, that just seems so trivial and missing the point that like the, the church gathers, and, and sometimes some people aren't going to be there. It doesn't make, mean that they're not no longer part of the church. They just weren't there at that gathered assembly at that time. But are they still part of the body and, and active and a living, vibrant part of the body? Yeah. Because there's something, like as John Calvin will talk about when you take communion, it's like you're no longer just in your own home, where you're no longer just at the church, is as if, as you described, you're entering into the great banquet table. And now you are eating of the same meal that Christians before us ate of, and every Christian who will ever eat ahead of us is taking part of. Like, we are, I don't think that matters where you are in the world
0: yeah that's awesome well that wraps up our our time today guys thank you so much care for taking the time out of your busy schedule uh to yeah to spend with with us two guys from the west coast
1: thank you yeah it was insightful though i appreciate you
0: yeah no we just are so grateful for for your ministry and just for for chatting with us so thank you care we'll definitely have you back on again and yeah daniel it was good to uh to chat with you
2: yes isaac it's always a pleasure take care
0: Hey, thanks for joining us today. And a special thanks to Care Baldwin for joining Daniel and I on the show. Care, as mentioned earlier, is a radio personality for CHRI, which is a Christian radio station in Ottawa. You can listen to their station and check out their other resources by going to chri.ca. And make sure to join us next week as I get the chance to talk with Christian author and therapist, Andrea Tom, as we consider the topic of women's engagement with the Bible. And even if you're not a woman, this conversation will be helpful. And remember, if you want to know more about In Doubt or any of our podcasts or other resources, just go to indoubt.ca. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to hear more, subscribe on iTunes or Spotify, or visit us online at indoubt.ca or indoubt.com. We're also on social media, so make sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Hi, Ben Lowell, CEO of Back to the Bible Canada's In-Doubt. You know, every week our aim is to engage young people in a conversation around matters of life and faith and culture. Most recently, our host Daniel and Isaac have met with Christian pastors and leaders to discuss biblical insights on sex, a conversation about the importance of human rights, and the growing dark impression pornography is making on individual lives and our society at large. These are conversations critical for young Christian adults to be involved in. For current programs or to listen in on past programs, head to indoubt.ca in Canada and indoubt.com in the U.S. And for expanded programs, sign up for the Indoubt
2: podcast.